a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave's X Media. This episode contains some mild bodily grossness. It contains conversations about poop, and it contains mild references to animal abuse. Or what we would now consider animal abuse, but in history, that's just cosmetics, baby. Some listeners may prefer not to listen to this episode today or at all. We totally understand that and support you. Life is too short to listen to content that makes you feel uncomfortable. Tune back next week for some different subject matter. And take care of yourself. Love you, bestie. I'm Christina Kahn. And I'm Leela Hilton. And this is Burn Before Reading. The podcast about literature. We're here to examine the terrible writing we did when we were younger. And talk about other cringy literary topics. As you may know, I eagerly started this podcast before it occurred to me to invite my beloved Leela into the fold. Oh, I forgive you. This episode was recorded long, long ago. And because of that, it may be in a format you're not familiar with. And it sadly does not even feature Leela, not even at all. So thanks for giving us room to be flexible while we get this show on the road. And you can look forward to things leveling out soon. This episode is still excellent and really fun. So enjoy the show. Thanks, guys. If you would at your leisure, my lady. The Ladies' Dressing Room by Jonathan Swift. Five hours and who can do it less in by haughty Celia spent in dressing. The goddess from her chamber issues arrayed in lace, brocades, and tissues. Streffen, who found the room was void and Betty otherwise employed, stole in and took a strict survey of all the litter as it lay, whereof, to make the matter clear, an inventory follows here. And first, a dirty smock appeared, beneath the armpits well besmeared. Streffen, the rogue, displayed it wide and turned it round on every side. On such a point few words are best, and Streffen bids us guess the rest, but swears how damnably the men lie and call in Celia sweet and clen lie. Now listen while he next produces the various combs for various uses. Filled up with dirt so closely fixed, no brush could force a way betwixt. A paste of composition rare, sweat, dandruff, powder, lead, and hair. A forehead cloth with oil upon to smooth the wrinkles on her front. Her alum flower to stop the steams exhaled from sour, unsavory streams. Then night gloves made of Tripsy's hide, bequeathed by Tripsy when she died. With puppy water, beauty's help, distilled from Tripsy's darling whelp. Her galley pots and vials placed, some filled with washes, some with paste, some with pomatum, paints and slops, and ointments good for scabby chops. Hard by a filthy basin stands, fouled with the scouring of her hands. The basin takes whatever comes, the scrapings of her teeth and gums, a nasty compound of all hues, for here she spits and here she spews. But oh, it turned poor Streffen's bowels when he beheld and smelled the towels, begummed, bematted, and beslimed with dirt and sweat and earwax grimed. No object Streffen's eye escapes, here petticoats and frowsy heaps, nor be the handkerchiefs forgot all varnished or with snuff and snot. The stockings, why should I expose, stained with the marks of stinking toes, or greasy quaffs and pinners reeking which Celia slipped at least a week in? A pair of tweezers next he found to pluck her brows and arches round, or hairs that sink the forehead low or on her chin like bristles grow. 
the virtues we must not let pass of Celia's magnifying glass. When frightened Streffen cast his eye on, it showed the visage of a giant. A glass that can to sight disclose the smallest worm in Celia's nose, and faithfully direct her nail to squeeze it out from head to tail, for catch it nicely by the head, it must come out, alive or dead. Why, Streffen, will you tell the rest, and must you needs describe the chest? That careless wench, no creature warned her to move it out from yonder corner, but leave it standing full in sight for you to exercise your spite. In vain the workman showed his wit with rings and hinges counterfeit to make it seem in this disguise a cabinet to vulgarize, for Streffen ventured to look in, resolved to go through, <laughs> thick and thin. He lifts the lid, then needs no more. He smelled it all the time before. As from within Pandora's box, when Epimethus opened the locks, a sudden universal crew of human evils upward flew, he still was comforted to find that hope at last remained behind. So Streffen, lifting up the lid to view what in the chest was hid, the vapors flew from out the vent, but Streffen, cautious, never meant the bottom of the pan to grope and foul his hands in search of hope. Oh, never may such vile machine be once in Celia's chamber seen. Oh, may she better learn to keep those secrets of the horror deep. As mutton cutlets, prime of meat, which, though with art you salt and beat, as laws of cookery require, and toast them at the clearest fire, if from a down the hopeful chops the fat upon a cinder drops, to stinking smoke it turns the flame, poisoning the flesh from whence it came, and up exhales a greasy stench for which you curse the careless wench. So things, which must not be expressed, when plumped into the reeking chest, sent up an excremental smell to taint the parts from whence they fell, the petticoats and gown perfume which waft a stink round every room. Thus finishing his grand survey, disgusted Streffen stole away, repeating in his amorous fits, Oh, Celia, Celia, Celia shits! We're almost done, everyone. But vengeance, goddess never sleeping, soon punished Streffen for his peeping. His foul imagination links each dame he sees with all her stinks, and if unsavory odors fly, conceives a lady standing by. All women his description fits, and both ideas jump like wits, but vicious fancy coupled fast, and still appearing in contrast. I pity wretched Streffen blind to all the charms of female kind. Should I the queen of love refuse, because she rose from stinking ooze? To him that looks behind the scenes, Satira's but some pocky queen. When Celia in her glory shows, if Streffen would but stop his nose, who now so impiously blasphemes her ointments, daubs, and paints, and creams, her washes, slops, and every clout with which he makes so foul a rout. He soon would learn to think like me, and bless his ravaged sight to see such order from confusion sprung, such gaudy tulips raised from dung. Womanhood, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I forgot there's theme music. Just in time for Burn Before Reading. I am Christina Khan, a real life fan on socials, and I am here to ask you to trust me. Just trust me and let us read this poem to you. I am here today with my good old buddy, Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley. I don't actually talk like that. Okay, but the voice was great. You're Thank right. You. It, made the rhyme, it made the rhyme and meter like much stronger. Thank you very much. 
So, Haley, can you just, like, talk a little bit about what just happened to our ear holes? Speaking of orifices, I guess. Jonathan Swift just happened to your ear holes. (laughs) Uh, He's a nasty little pervert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And for that, I love him. (laughs) I mean, I've never felt more seen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I first encountered this poem in, like, sophomore year of college, and... Like, I I got the general idea of what was going on on my first read-through until I got to, like, oh, Celia, Celia, Celia shits. And then, like, it became an obsession because I was like, what the fuck is happening in this? What is going on? So, like, I have made a line-by-line study. (laughs) And you finally have an outlet. You're welcome. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... My experience with this poem, which, Haley, do you know what year this was written? 1732. 1732? That's actually older than I would have guessed. 291 years old, yeah. I, I find the language quite, I mean, perhaps a little too accessible. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the copy uh, that we are both using is a, not, like, updated, but... Like, the spelling's been updated to what we would expect. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's probably better for reading, anyway. Yeah, like, there's a couple... Like, reading aloud. Right. There's, like, a couple of words that are like, that's not a that's not a contraction right now. Right, we yeah. don't consider that a contraction, but, like, there Upon were, it? Upon... 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. It's, like, very clever. It you is. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, those ones are kind of important to rhymes, but, like, I think there yeah. were more initially. Did you make notes? Yes, I did. Okay, great. Yours are probably better than mine. Most of mine are strapping. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was that show we watched? It, it was like a it was like a comedy variety thing, and it had a uh, a recurring segment called "Oh Jerome, No." I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. I feel like I've never seen what you're talking it, about. Like, it's, he just, like, keeps fucking things up. <laughs> it's Classic <laughs> Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> a little bit, but, like, the fuckboy version. Uh, I mean, uh, that's that's kind of the same reaction that everybody has with Streffen through the whole poem. Right. For those who don't know how Haley and I met, we both worked at a small local book publisher, and, it, you know, small businesses... Half the company gets paid, half the company doesn't get paid because it's an unpaid internship. Congratulations. Yay. Somehow by the miracle of me liking to answer the phone and Haley not liking to answer the phone, I got hired for the paid position. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's fair. That is fair. (laughs) Sorry I'm laughing straight into the microphone. but And so Haley was my unpaid intern. Have you ever had one of those beautiful moments where there's like six random people who don't know each other and then they all just become really good friends and love each other? Yep. <laughs> it's like me, Haley, Brooke, Mike, Grace, Mary Clay, Mary Payton. Those are all the, the brandy lean people. You, so also, I'm sure everyone will be familiar with the sensation of you think that your coworker is cool, but you have to test them in like increasing increments. You know what I mean? So somewhere between the very first day that I met Haley and she was my unpaid intern and today in a professional setting, Haley felt like it was appropriate to send this poem around (laughs) Brandy Lane. Um, I think I don't remember who else was there besides me, Mike and Grace. And 
you, but we all read this, right? I've, Isn't that how this happened? I think so. Do you, know, do you remember? I don't know. I've I've inflicted this poem on so many people so many times. There's a chance that you inflicted it on me specifically, and then I in turn inflicted it on others because I want to do that. Maybe Haley. Well, I don't know if technology exists for this. Maybe I'll go search our Skype conversation. Oh my god! The first time we talked about it. <laughs> Pull the fucking receipts. Skype. That's. That, that's the company energy as we were Skyping in the same room. Small local <laughs> publisher. Small. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. I've shown this to a couple of people, too. It's almost like one of those throwback chain emails where if you don't pass it on, you're like more cursed. Yeah. Than, than if you do pass it on, you're still slightly cursed, though. <laughs> I mean, this poem has been cursing everybody who's laid eyes on it for 290 years. So, so how how did you find this poetry class? It was just a oh, college no. poetry class. It was you did not read this in school. I did. I did. Haley. Yeah. Haley. Yeah. How was, did the class take that? Uh, it, no, I mean, like it was assigned reading. I know. But like, didn't you guys talk about it? I mean, yeah, we talked about it. I think most of the people like it, it was one of a few things that we were assigned to read like for that night or like that that lesson. Oh, my God. And so, like, we were just kind of t- going through them one by one, and I was like, can can we please, can we please talk about the ladies' dressing room? <laughs> <laughs> Ailey, also a pervert. <laughs> yeah, just, look, this, this poem's fucking hilarious, okay? <laughs> it's very funny. It is. Uh, it's... It does. I said this already. It makes me feel seen. Not... I mean, some of it I'm like, girl, come on. You need to get your act together. <laughs> I like... But... Yeah. It's not not relatable. <laughs> Honestly, you know who you could ask for supplemental information? I forgot this. Danny was in that class, too. Our friend Danny. <gasps> oh, my God. Danny should be on this episode. God damn it. Fuck. I didn't even think of that. I totally oh, forgot. Um, we'll get him on for some other shit. I we'll t- fuck him up with some other fucked up poem. <laughs> I do know that, like, we were talking about, like, okay, so what's the poem about and it's like okay well there's this guy Streffen he's got he's in love with this girl Celia uh, so he sneaks into her dressing room when she's not there and, and also uh, Betty is not there yeah uh, we'll get to <laughs> Betty um, <laughs> Betty needs to do some work okay <laughs> so, like, I just remember like we get to that pause and like no one's saying anything. This is a very small college, very small class, and Danny just into the silence mutters, and she's a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all both studied this in early college and you both are still attracted to women? Is that I, real? <laughs> I, I mean like Jonathan Swift ends the poem still attracted to women, which nobody ever fucking remembers. Uh, gaudy tulips raised from dung hey. orderful gaudy tulips is how John, Jonathan Swift looks at me what are like from a from a poetry critique perspective like what works about this poem everything um, mm-hmm. so I I just want to I feel like this is a poem that it's difficult to really get the narrative down because it's easy to get lost in all of the florid, disgusting details. Well, it does say an inventory follows here, mm-hmm. and then it is just like the most vivid inventory. So it's like, it reminds me of those songs that be listing things like Mambo Number no. 5, you know? It, like a little bit, but like there is a storyline in this poem that kind of reveals itself in framing. 
it escalates to the the chamber pot cabinet. Is that what you mean? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's the climax. It, it is the climax. <laughs> For real, it's, so, I'm funny. I'm funnying. That's uh, I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it is so fucking ridiculous. So like, there's a couple of. Like, the thing that drives me nuts with this poem is that for the entire, like, course of its existence, people have been so disgusted by it that they haven't really been able to engage with it as a piece of literature because they get so hung up on, like, he's just talking about how disgusting this woman is and how dare you, Jonathan Swift, how dare you talk about women like this because how do you expect us to deal with these kinds of fucking beauty standards in the fucking 1730s? Uh How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> like th- like people will write whole ass essays D.H. Lawrence in the back of Lady Chatterley's Lover has like a whole thing of just talking <gasps> shit about this poem what really yes that's very funny and, this is and, exactly what I want this podcast to be like Haley <laughs> and here's <laughs> like, the thing literary drama <laughs> everyone who gets pissed about it is ju- like they get to the point of Celia 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 shits and they are already so busy. I, it's so, it's like a Shakespearean monologue. It you know, is. it's like, it's like, imagine him falling to his knees and like shouting that to the heavens. <laughs> really? No, there's, there is an element of theatricality here because people will like, they'll get there and like the next 23 lines, they like won't even read. They'll just be so mad about like every, all how disgusting everything else is. They're already composing their rebuttal in their head and they completely miss the whole thing of like hey by the way Streffen's not the hero here how can you be a hero in these circumstances <laughs> exactly so like but people really will read this poem and think like oh no no we're supposed to feel sympathetic for Streffen because nobody gets deadpan humor which drives me nuts this is well this is I Jonathan did, Swift I did write just when it says um Thus finishing his grand survey, disgusted Streffen stole away. Repeat, write that one. Yeah. The, offend, that's, the offender has become the victim. He is like a pervert, and then he he like flies too close to the pervert son. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's tragic, tragic pervert story. <laughs> oh, Streffen, no. What is this name, actually? Have you ever heard this name in anything Never, else? Never, ever once. Streffen. This is going to be the only hit that comes up. Oh, it's a word that means a pastoral male lover. Is that one of those things like calling someone a Romeo? I guess so. Huh. It exists. Other people named Streffen exist. Okay. I'm not going to read them. All but right. They so, do p- so people were really just going around naming their sons like seduces Streffen. maids in a field. <laughs> I hope my son fucks. That's real. <laughs> Honestly, dads do be real concerned with their son's dicks. That's why uh, fucking circumcision is such a thing, because they're like, my son's dick needs to look like mine. <laughs> fucking weird. Anyway, <laughs> I just I just want to drop like a teeny tiny bit of like the historical context and then just talk about the framing. And then I'm just going to okay. like explain what this poem's about. So if you do not know the name Jonathan Swift, um, this is the motherfucker who wrote Gulliver's Travels. Oh, yeah, we have to mention that. Yes. Uh, which Important context. Mm, if you haven't read Gulliver's Travels, there's a lot more poop in it than you think. Uh, like, a lot. Mm. Uh, He's a bit of a scattergory. This is also uh, the motherfucker who wrote A Modest Proposal. If you, What's that one? 
Oh, is that the one about eating babies? Yes, that's the one about eating babies. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, so, Just three go things. look that up. Um, <laughs> Wait, so the ladies' dressing room and a modest proposal are two of the funniest things I've ever read. Uh, is, Gulliver's, Gull, Gull, <laughs> is Gulliver's Travels funny? It is very funny. Uh, it's a little more... Uh, specific to its time period like there's a lot of situational satire that i think we actually studied gulliver's travels in a different class the same year that i read this which was how i ended up finding out like motherfucker you just like poop huh (laughs) (laughs) yo sometimes when you're looking it's there writers if you just look (laughs) writers be telling on themselves on the page all the damn time Remember when we were watching Princess Diaries and we were like, wow, there's actually like kind of a lot of foot shots in this movie. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. can't unsee it now. Indeed. Bouldering, specifically bouldering. Um, I'm way more into feet than poop and I am super not into feet. So let's just put it that way. Yeah, it, neither is great uh, for me, but like... Part of the reason that Jonathan Swift, like, keeps coming back to it is that he was really, like, this was a guy who, like, should have been at Woodstock and tragically lived in the 1700s. Uh, okay, like, this so was, he a was a wild man. Just, like, a free spirit, and he was just like, maybe if we could all unclench our assholes for five seconds, we would all be able to calm down at all. Be- like, this, mm-hmm. this was written about 20 years after that movie, The Favorite, takes place. This is, <gasps> okay. like, that time period. I see. So a lot, like, a lot of sticks up, but yeah, but also like just and also disgusting. That movie was one of the most disgust. That movie exactly. actually gives me one of like what the exact same feeling as this poem. I love women. We are disgusting. <laughs> exactly. Jonathan Swift's whole thing was we need to stop with this obsession with seeming upright and proper and morally perfect and just all accept. And have it accepted of us that we are disgusting and imperfect. And we all just need to calm down and accept that about ourselves, about each other. That's the new day sex media tagline, actually. That's what brings our community together. <laughs> just accept We your all poop. understand. Yeah, we're just, we're all disgusting. But, yeah. you know, you can be disgusting together. And that's why I love this poem. So, <laughs> I, like, that's that's kind of the context of, like, Jonathan Swift's themes character yeah so for the framing of this poem i just want to talk about two spots the first is right here on like the first page like very quickly into the inventory up until the combs it's been a very normal narrative poem like okay we're being told a story about strephon i too have a note about the combs Haley. and then we get to (laughs) now listen while he next produces the various combs for, for various uses which kind of implies three things. One, the speaker, like the poet, the speaker is addressing us directly. This is no longer a narrative. This is something that is being told straight to us. It's like Streffen's best friend is telling some other people later at the bar. Yes. Two, Streffen is telling this story in real time. The poet is giving a running commentary. So we're (laughs) overhearing, but like nearby. So his friend went with him and we're standing like in the hallway listening to the slam poetry. This is not the first time the poet has heard this rant. So this is more like (laughs) we have met Jonathan Swift at a bar or a cafe or something. This was a like he wrote in a time when people just like 
Like, there was nothing to do but socialize. So Mm -hmm. we are sitting at a table with Jonathan Swift. He is giving us a running commentary of Streffen's canned rant that's going on at the next table. Because he's fucking heard this before. Until we get to the point of fucking... Why, Streffen, uh-huh. will you tell the rest and must you needs dis- describe the chest? Because now he's, he's not <laughs> so addressing... He's heard the story already. Yeah. No, he's heard the story multiple times. He has been giving okay. us the running commentary. Like, this is his... Like, he's now got... Like, this is such a canned rant that he has a canned rant for the canned rant. <laughs> so now Jonathan Swift, like, up until this point, he's just been utter under his breath, kind of giving us the real-time, the real-time narration... Until Streffen starts talking about the commode, the chamber pot. That has like a whole page. At which point he starts talking to fucking Streffen. He's not talking to us anymore. Hey, hey, buddy, you don't you don't actually need to get into the next part. You don't need to. We don't actually need to hear about this. And like the whole next page is just like a diatribe at Streffen of like, wow, what a stupid fucking bitch. Why wouldn't she fucking hide her already hidden commode? I mean, it's not like it's got a bunch of fake hinges and latches and stuff. Oh, wait, it does. Uh, well, it's not like she was keeping it in the corner. Oh, wait, she was. Well, she should have expected somebody to sneak into her dressing room. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of the tone of the rent. It's all supposed to be sarcastic. Like, he's just reading this guy the fucking riot act. Like, dude, what did you expect? It's like when I tell Emily the story of what she did when she was drunk. A little bit. Like, babe, listen while I tell <laughs> someone next to you how ridiculous you are. <sighs> the commode. Commode? Commode. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The it's Komodo a dragon. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's... It's a toilet. This is a toilet. Streffen reached his hand into her toilet because he thought it was a, a box of sec- sexy secrets. Streffen thought <laughs> that he was... never. Streffen decided that he was not going to miss the panty raid. The panty raid? And boy howdy, <laughs> did he regret not missing the panty raid. He like raided those panties a little too hard. They raided I mean? him is what happened. <laughs> they raided him. I do want to briefly uh, address the grossest stanza. Which, okay. Oh, which one? Night gloves. Okay, what is this? I just wrote, huh? Excuse me, um? Yes. This was one that I had to go look up myself. When I read this, it was in, like, an anthology. And the anthology had little helpful footnotes of, like, certain words and phrases. So, like, you could follow along with older stuff that was making references. So, like, for this poem... There was a footnote about Betty. Okay, like, Betty is to maids in the 1700s as, like, Karen is to a woman demanding to speak to the manager now. Like, Betty is just- mm-hmm. Every maid is named Betty. All right, great. Oh, yeah, I wa- I watched- Oh, my God, I watched- What movie was it? I forget, but they called all their housemaids Maggie. Mm. I think it was the Lizzie Borden movie with Kirsten Stewart. Like, it. that's- Karen is not, like, a-, a modern phenomenon i mean the fact mm-hmm. that she's demanding to speak to the manager is but like sometimes sometimes there's just a certain a certain there's fucking names, name and everyone's way. got it yeah uh, so this one was not explained so i went looking for it myself and okay. came 
to regret it so much. If you look it up on Wikipedia, you're going to find incorrect information. It talks about puppy water uh, and says it's dog pee. I thought it was dog pee. I wish it was dog pee. <laughs> okay. The grossest Sansa in, in the very gross poem. Their night gloves made of Tripsy's hide, bequeathed by Tripsy when she died, with puppy water beauty's help distilled from Tripsy's darling whelp. Tripsy is like the 1730s frou-frou. Like, it's a small yippy dog. Every small yippy dog is Tripsy, the same way that you would name okay. a Pekingese frou-frou. Okay. Night gloves were gloves that were worn at night with, like, some lotion to keep your hands soft. Okay. And they were uh, uh, that's something we still do to this day, but a little bit um, probably not the same. Yeah. Considering your face. We don't make them out of dog skin. Honestly, I had no idea what was happening in this section and I looked up nothing. But that was my guess based on what I was reading. I was like, these are dog skin. This is some Cruella DeVille shit. You have no idea how true that is. Because, yeah, OK, so it's night gloves uh, implying that she had her dog skinned. Like, this is obviously hyperbole, but uh, that that's what's going on there. Um, and the puppy water beauty's help distilled from Tripsy's darling. Well, it's not dog pee. There, there was a lotion, a particular kind of lotion. Uh, a, a trigger warning for, like, animal abuse or, like, anything anything fucked up happening to animals. Boiled puppies. This is... This is from boiled puppies. It literally says that. It says distilled from Tripsy's darling whelp. Yep. Yep. It does say that. If it what were what are those like Shakespeare books um that have like the translation on the facing page? What fuck, I forget what those are called. I feel like there's a few different versions of that. There probably is, is but there, like, there's one that I have it? several of. Okay. No, just like there's like one company that does it oh, a lot okay. for everyone all the time. But if this was that, it would be like, it would be like boiled down from this dog's puppies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. But he's just, um, he doesn't know that. Like, I, he's just making shit up. I mean, yeah, a little bit. Like, the first, until you get to the commode, like, Swift is kind of like Jay Swift, as I like to call him. Um, he's just kind of <laughs> going along with this because, like, is the fact that she uses cosmetics on its own disgusting? Of course not. Like, people people do what people do. Is the uh, origin of the cosmetics kind of gross? Yeah, sure, it was the 1730s. What do you expect? But, like, up until the commode, all Streffen was really talking about was how gross the room was. And holy shit, the room is incredibly fucking gross. And, you know, we're, we're embellishing a little bit for uh, the sake of comedy. Um, yeah, and, the story. Yeah, and then, of course, he gets to the commode and, and uh, Swifty decides, you know what, bud, it's, if you're upset to find out that girls poop and, like, have bodies under the many layers of dresses that we wear here in the 1730s, <laughs> so many you dresses. have now lost my sympathy. And this is now <laughs> the comedy roast of Streffen. <laughs> oh, poor Streffen. Eh, fuck him. He just... He seems like a dumb idiot. He does seem I mean? like a dumb idiot. This is a fuckboy. Fuckboy's ride eternal. A couple things. I mean, language vivid. Like, what? Like, I'm wondering if this bitch is rolling in mud. Like, if she works in the mines. Because it's like... 
Hard by a filthy basin stands, fouled with the scouring of her hands. Talking about this basin that is like disgusting from her washing her hands. Like, what is on your hands? Poop? Like streffin? <laughs> I think they like. I I think there might be some subtext here to do with like Betty, because this was uh there were like a some issues with blending of the classes especially happening with like women and their ladies maids because they were like Mm -hmm. more friends with their maids than the maids had jobs and of course this is england and we're very rigid about our social structures and how dare you Mm -hmm. let that lower class girl have fun with you uh she's supposed to be doing her job which in this case oh damn babe maybe maybe like a quick scrub yeah, Betty needs to get fired. Like, laundry, anything. This is bad. It's really gross. But not recently, but when I was in college, for sure, sometimes I would show up to, like, a friend's house or something, and it would, like, be like this. And it's like, holy shit. I cannot be here. We've all been in this bitch's bathroom. Yeah. Like, like you left your, like, fake... My, my brother used to have a girlfriend who lived with, at my mom's, and she would leave her fake hair and nails and all the glues... And all the Q-tips and all of the cotton swabs, like, everywhere, all the time. All her, like, nasty, all her, na- like, not that those things are nasty, but if you just leave them about, like, half used, that's nasty. Yeah, that is, like, up until the fucking commode, this is, you know, this is kind of a fair criticism, especially because we can kind of, we can kind of get the, we can infer that Celia is a bit of a priss. And, like, that makes this extra funny. Like, haughty Celia spends five hours getting dressed and then behind the scenes, damn, bitch, you live like this? It's like depression room. It really kind of is. Like, are, is she okay? <laughs> well, lead poisoning. It says, here she spits, here she spews. Is there barf here? <laughs> I think this is just, like, they don't have sinks. This is where she brushes her teeth. But, like, they don't I, have toothbrushes, okay, so they kind of scrape their teeth. Um, I hate that the handkerchief uh, is all varnished or with snuff and snot. Varnished is, like, pretty vivid. Yeah, varnished. Like, I think I circled... No, I did. I circled that and wrote, thanks, I hate it. Yeah, I wrote, thanks, I hate it at the end of this poem. (sighs) Yeah, I I actually had never looked up what snuff is. I always kind of assumed it was, like, a weird, like, tobacco slash opium thing. No, just tobacco. What is snuff? It's like powdered. How do you ingest it? It's powdered tobacco and like you dip your pinky finger in it and snort it off your nose. That's weird. Don't put stuff up your nose, kids, unless it's just a little bit of cooking. (laughs) (laughs) This message brought to you by Burn Before Reading. (laughs) A little bit of uh, he's talking about her her hairs. Yeah. All the many hairs. Yeah. Girls can have facial hair, man. Chill. Oh, yeah. The uh, the the tweezers. Um, I think this is still when they were doing the uh, high high forehead fashion. Uh, so like she's she's not just plucking her brows, she's not just plucking her chin, which oof, feel you there, girl. Uh, but she's also like getting her hairline back. Whoa! Don't do that. It sounds exhausting. Like I get why it takes five hours. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Next thing is this an actual worm or is it a booger? I think it's like blackheads. 
Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. I think I wrote next to that, like, please be blackheads with, like, a little crying face. I think it is a blackhead now that you say it. Okay, disgusting. We're not even going to reread it. Right. And here is where I screamed in writing, in all capitals, turn back, Strevin! <laughs> I'm just laughing. I literally wrote LMAO. Why? Um, I wrote, can't believe I'm reading this with my own eyes. Flowery language <laughs> to describe the shits. Yeah. The shits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they spend half a page. There's so many words dedicated to describing the shit. It's just like these extended fucking analogies. Fat, but it's like also disgusting. Like the words like fat and like expressed, like awful. Yeah, awful. like plumped into the reeking <laughs> chest. Like I, this is well, like I, I shit every day. You know what I mean. I just happen to be able to flush it, right? Like I honestly think that at this point he's kind of like if he's yelling at Streffen right now, I think he's just outgrossing Streffen. Like yeah, yeah. Just think about what you fucking put your hand in, dude. Oh my god, that's it. Yeah, that's all my notes. At the end, I wrote, "LOL, thanks, Haley. I hate it." <laughs> You're so welcome. I do think this is a good poem. Like. I really am not a fan of poetry. I guess I probably say that on this show a lot, but it's true. That's why I'm here to talk about shitty poetry. And I wouldn't say this is not, this is good poetry, and yet it is shitty poetry. It is, in fact, honestly, I think that Jonathan Swift himself would agree with that assessment. It is, in fact, shitty poetry. Thank you for noticing. (laughs) (laughs) Haley, thank you so much for bringing the ladies dressing room into everyone's lives today. You are so welcome. Oh yeah. Okay. Wait, let's, um, before we go, let's talk about if this is horny, sad, or just plain bad. Oh yeah. Oh, my first impulse is horny. (laughs) It starts on horny, on horny terms. I honestly, I think, I think that this is horny. If we're taking this strictly from like the poet's perspective, I think this is horny because this is Jonathan Swift laying out his thesis of yeah fuck it women are human and that's what i love about them good good (laughs) i want me a disgusting bitch okay in the end it's horny in the end it's horny (laughs) such order from confusion sprung it's a little bit it's a non-zero amount of just plain bad but not like bad writing just like this is bad (laughs) like this is bad yep yeah (laughs) this hurts my eyes you're not wrong (laughs) <laughs> he did real quick he did have like at least one friend who hated this poem so much that he could not bring himself to read it a second time until after swift was dead oh why read it after he's dead though i why, think he might why? have been an executor of his estate and he had to <laughs> you have to read the poem you're executing because they had to decide what to do with them oh my god that's really funny doesn't matter now they're in the public domain now bitch hey. <laughs> And now it belongs to me. Haley, thank you so much for telling us all about the ladies dressing room. You're so welcome. This podcast was created by me, Christina Khan. Hosted and produced by Christina Khan and me, Leela Hilton. Follow me online at Christina Khan and pre-order my book, Indie Book Publishing from Start to Finish, coming from Wildling Press in January 2024. After you bought Tina's book, follow me online at Leels for Reels. Our theme music was produced by Sakura Wishes. And our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Follow Michael on Instagram at RoyGDiv or check out his work at wildlingpress.com. Thanks for listening, friends. See you next time.
Wave X Media. <laughs>